on my gravestone it will say he watched more <laughs> Kickboxer than the people that made Kickboxer. I don't want my cheese puffs to get moldy and, and old and stay. <laughs> oh, I've moved Man. on to my, my old gummy snacks now. Uh, I'm glad my concept has grasped me, so. <laughs> the hair is long and curly in this movie. Along with some good special effects, I might add. Hello, you movie freaks, and welcome to episode 99. I know you guys are all disappointed we didn't have an episode last week, but we gotta take a break every once in a while, too, because it's a grind putting these out every single week when we haven't le- uh, left you without an episode for many, many moons. Um, this episode, unfortunately, is not going to be a full episode either. It's going to be a Dropbox episode because of uh, illness and kids being sick and going on vacations and all of that jazz that I'm sure you guys don't give a crap about and are sick of hearing about, quite frankly. <laughs> Maybe not. At any rate, um, I didn't want to leave you guys hanging completely high and dry, so I got Eugene to record us uh, some of his recently watched, and I've got some to get off my plate as well, so that at least we can kind of stay ahead of our lists and let you guys know what we've been watching and uh, hopefully... Yeah, point you in the right direction of some good movies and hopefully avoid some bad ones. Um, so, uh, without further ado, I'm going to let Eugene take it away first. And then after he's done, I'll come back and I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i got a few that I desperately need to get checked off my list. Um, and yeah, that's probably going to be a short episode for this week. But hey, at least you got something. Instead of nothing, we'll be back next week, I swear, with episode 100. That's right, it's time to finally tackle... That uh, elusive roulette that has been hanging around for a hundred episodes, it will be Cabin Fever up against Vanilla Sky. Or will we just watch it? Maybe we'll double down on the roulette. I'm not sure. Maybe we won't watch them just yet. Maybe it'll have to be 101. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> but at any rate, I promise we will be back with a regular episode next week. Okay. Uh, Eugene, please, sir, tell us, what have you been watching? Hey, gang. Here is my portion of Movie Freaks podcast for the first week in May. Obviously, if you've been listening, then Eric has explained our dilemma of, uh, of timing and everybody's schedules not, not quite working the best for this week. So I'm recording my episode, um, on this fine Monday evening. Uh, while my kids are upstairs screaming and crying. So there that gives that kind of sets the tone for my mood. And also I'm not drinking yet because it's too early in the evening. So yeah, so this is gonna be a much more um uh subdued Eugene instead of the usual banter that uh our fine listeners are used to hearing from from us. But regardless, this is still gonna be an interesting show. Uh, I actually earlier today recorded a Cinema Soft Underbelly. That is my other show that I am on, that I I uh, I do, and that mainly focuses on horror, science fiction, and fantasy, all that good stuff. So uh, earlier today I did my show, episode number 115, which I talked to all things Hammer Horror. And by all things, actually I'm mainly uh, stuck to four, uh, four of the classic Hammer movies, but um, – so I thought, well, should I talk about more horror stuff um, or should I get into uh, some other stuff that I've been watching? Obviously, because it's me, myself, and I on this particular segment, we can't have any back and forth uh, as far as just 
rabbit trailing and all that good stuff. So you're just going to have to bear with all of us on the show for this episode. Um, okay. Having said that, I hinted on, 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 uh, soft underbelly that I've been watching the Harry Potter movies. And, you know, I think that this would be a good place to, uh, spend a little bit more time on that series because it doesn't really fit on soft underbelly. So uh, I just wanted to, to speak briefly on my thoughts on that series. And I know where, you know, uh, I know my co-host Eric is not as huge of a fan as I am. And, um, you know, there's, I'm sure there, there's others out there that are not huge Harry Potter fans. And for all, uh, for all purposes, you know, honestly, I'm surprised at how much I love, not like love this series. And <clears throat> starting from the beginning, way back when the first Harry Potter movie came out, which I believe was in, I, I want to say it came out in uh, 2001. Uh, the first one was Sorcerer's Stone. Um, and I've got my handy dandy computer here. Yeah, so Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone came out in 2001, directed by Chris Columbus. <clears throat> and um, if you're listening to a movie-related podcast and you don't know, th- and you don't know the story behind Harry Potter, I'm not going to get into the, the fine details. But come on, watch the Harry Potter movies already. Daniel Radcliffe. There's so many. Uh, where do I even start? Uh, Emma Watson. The first one we have um, uh, as Albus Dumbledore, uh, Richard Harris, who unfortunately he passed away. Uh, so he was later uh, replaced by, you know what? I uh, meh, whatever. Um, Harry Potter. So the first one is uh, I saw this back in two thousand one in the theater. Never had read the books. I'm like, huh? What? There's a whole bunch of kids and they're going to a wizarding school and what, who is who and what is Quidditch and who is, what is Tom Riddle and what? Um, but everybody likes it. So I should like this too, right? So that leads us to the next Harry Potter movie, which is 2002's The Chamber of Secrets, also directed by Chris Columbus. Again, I watched the movie, and it was long, two hours and 41 minutes. I believe this might be the longest Harry Potter movie of them all. And again, I'm like, okay, it's the same characters, maybe a few more, but what? What's going on? And now there's a little house elf named Dobby, and, um, okay, Malfoy, uh, Draco Malfoy is the bad guy, um, and there's a big snake in it, and... A little bit more talk about he who must not be named and blah, blah, blah. And then the uh, third one came out, Prisoner of Azkaban. And at this point, I was um, – was I married yet or was I – this is 2004. Okay, so I was married at the time. So uh, my wife and I went – uh, out to watch Prisoner of Azkaban in 2004. And this is the first time that a new director uh, had taken the reins. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron, which uh, if you are listening, you probably know who Alfonso Cuaron is. He made Children of Men, Gravity, uh, fantastic director, actually. Um, so anyway, okay. 
that one there, I remember the first time I watched that being a little bit more uh, accessible than the first two. And I still, for some reason, I, it was just hard for me to follow. Um, but oh well. And then, uh, and this is actually leading somewhere, trust me. So just bear with me here, okay? Goblet of Fire is in 2005. Once again, I go watch the movie. Mike uh, Newell directed this one. And if you know who he is, he has done some good stuff, some not so good stuff. He did uh, Prince of Persia, Great Expectations, Donnie Brasco. Uh, this one here was the one with the games, with the tournament. And uh, I liked it. Uh, I, this is the one where he who must not be named, Voldemort, is uh, finally resurrected. Uh, this one here actually has... Uh, some new actors that uh, I'm I'm so skimming over this. Robert uh, Paddington is in this. Who, if you know who he is, uh, he is from the Twilight series. Yay! Anyway, now Order of the Phoenix is next, and uh, that one there. I'm like, at that point, I don't know why I was just kind of burned out of Harry Potter, and I had never really fully grasped what was. I was still confused. So Order of the Phoenix is the only Harry Potter movie that I did not see in the theater. Uh, at that point, I'm like, I don't really care anymore, whatever. Um, and then everybody, I think a lot of our friends were talking about the Harry Potter movies when Order of the Phoenix came out. And I'm like, you know what? Um, we should maybe read these books. What do you say? And at the time, Deathly Hallows, I think was, I'm not sure if it had been written yet or not, but uh, so uh, my sister was selling some of her old books at a garage sale and she had the first four, maybe five Harry Potter books. And I bought them and I started to read them. And, uh, I immediately fell in love with those books. I plowed through every single book. I, yeah, the last one had came out then because I know I went out and bought the last one, uh, the last few that I didn't have. I burned through that series so fast and then rewatched the movies with, uh, with a new set of eyes, basically. The first two Harry Potter movies are very, very similar to the books, uh, which was impressive, but it was still almost laying the foundation and the groundwork for what was yet to come. Uh, part three was a radical departure from the book uh, in that it was really curtailed and cut way back uh, and streamlined, which it, it worked for that movie. A Goblet of Fire was even more cut back uh, there was a huge Quidditch tournament in the beginning that was that was really cut out. Um, Order of the Phoenix is the one that is literally it, it's it has echoes of the book, but it is totally different from the book. Um, regardless, getting back on track with the books, I plowed through all the books. Half Blood Prince comes out, and eagerly up to the theater we go and watch it and loved it. Although now that I have read all the books, it's like okay, boy they. They left that out and boy, they should have explained the Horcruxes a little bit more because in the book I understood it. And here I understand it because I read the books and now it's kind of a lot. Um, however, Half-Blood Prince is, uh, and I'm, I'm rewatching these movies right now. Half-Blood Prince is probably my favorite one thus far of all of them until the Deathly Hallows parts one and two. And I do consider those to be one movie, one long movie. Obviously they split it up. And I'm so glad they did, uh, because there's so much meat to that book. 
and there's so much that's going on that it deserved to be cut up into two movies. First one is an hour and or I'm sorry, two hours and a half about it's like and then the second one is a little over two hours. But that's a long, long four and a half hour opus. And it is so good. I can't wait to watch it again. In fact, tonight, after I take this podcast, uh, we're going to watch part one of the Deathly Hallows. So uh, anyway, here's what's cool about this movie series, watching them consecutively back to back. Like we've been spending the last couple of weeks watching these movies and they are longer movies. So what usually what we try to do is we're, we're almost savoring them because we don't watch them that often. So we usually start like start one a little bit later in the evening and only watch half of a movie. And then the next night we'll finish it up. Um, what's cool about that is it's almost like every night we're watching a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And you are literally watching these kids uh, grow up before your, your eyes. And what's good is they're all such great actors. The casting was so good in this series. So good. Every single person evolves so wonderfully in this, in this series. There's no missteps. Like there's not one character in these movies that, uh, that I'm like, ooh, ooh, he wasn't cast or she wasn't cast quite right. I mean, Ralph Fiennes as Voldemort, perfect casting. Brendan Gleeson as Mad-Eye Moody. Um, Gary Oldman as Sirius Black was perfectly cast. Arthur Weasley is Mark Williams. David Thewlis is Remus Lupin. Uh, Rupert Grint. Everybody. Everybody is so good. So perfectly cast in this series. Uh, and it's huge. Every movie has, um, has new faces, bringing back old ones. Uh, it's quite possibly my favorite movie series of all time. I would probably pick these over the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, and here's why. Uh, it's mainly because we see, we're we with these characters, the same characters over this long span of years watching them grow up. And watching this, the, the main gist of the movie is Lord Voldemort coming back to life and back to power and uh, how he did it and what Harry Potter has to do in order to blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm going over plot details now and I shouldn't because most of you have probably already watched the Harry Potter series or read the books and you kind of know the, the gist of it. But um, there are such good movies and there's, they hold up so well. Even the first two movies, which have a very different feel from the rest of them, it, they're a little bit more – they feel a little bit more innocent. Uh, and the first one is maybe a little tiny bit dated, but just watching the Quidditch stuff in that one, I'm like, wow, that's some good special effects. Um, they hold up and as the movies go on, uh, more and more recent, they are top of the line effects and the soundtrack score acting, the acting, uh, even with the awkward child acting from the first couple ones. It fits the story and then you see them get better even at acting like Daniel Radcliffe is fantastic as Harry Potter. Emma Watson, you can just see her evolving as a truly gifted actress. So it's just – it's it's great. It's a, it's a slice of my past now that I can revisit and I know – you know, the first times I watched all those movies and I can tell these are movies that I'm going to love and cherish and show my kids eventually. And hopefully they'll read the books and they'll fall in love with, with, uh, this series as well. What was cool is I was at actually at Odd Mall in Akron, Ohio this weekend. Uh, movie freaks had a booth there and, um, 
my wife and kids came up for several hours. And so we walked around Odd Mall. And Odd Mall is basically all things weird and cool. And that's what the show was, is just things that were weird and cool. And there was a kid's cave or kid's cove or whatever. And it's this room where kids can do arts and crafts and all sorts of cool stuff like that. And they also had a little projector. And on the wall, they had uh, Harry Potter and the uh, Sorcerer's Stone playing. Now, our kids are still young enough to where I'm like, yeah, even that one, yeah, there's stuff that I wouldn't want, especially my youngest one, to see. However, they weren't in there for very long, and the part that they were in this kid's area uh, was for the first big Quidditch uh, match that went on and, and just wide-eyed amazement. What is this awesome spectacle that we are seeing? And I'm like, oh, just wait. Just wait. There's more where that came from. So – uh, I'm excited to have them hopefully jump on board the Harry Potter bandwagon. They're so good, and I love them dearly. Uh, so anyway, that takes care of my Harry Potter gushing. Now I don't have to do it on my own show because it would be weird if I were to talk about Harry Potter too much on uh, Soft Underbelly because it's not that. Anyway, okay. Uh, let's see here. Talked about uh, Hammer stuff. Don't want to get into that. Watched some Mario Bava stuff. Uh, I've talked about Mario Bava already. Um, when you listen to this podcast, dear listener, um, make sure that you tune into our Facebook. Uh, check out our Facebook page. I will have posted a review for the Jungle Book, the new Jungle Book, uh, directed by John Favreau. It's going to be on Facebook, full review, so all of my thoughts will be there. Needless to say, it is a great movie. This is my my uh, very short review of the movie. It is a fully realized CGI masterpiece. I believe that pretty much everything except the the, the main actor, the, the child actor, which is the only flaw in the movie, and it's a minor flaw. I thought that he was a bit wooden in his delivery of the lines, but he's a first-time actor. Um this is a fully realized CGI environment and it's real. This is not Avatar. This is, it feels real and it looks real and it's astounding. The animal effects, this animal CGI, I've never seen anything like it before and it is a new benchmark for CGI animation. Read my full review on Movie Freaks Facebook page. Uh, and also the 3D was, was quite good. I was actually hoping for a 2D version of the movie. But as usual, 3D is – it seems like whenever uh, my wife and I or even myself want to go watch a movie, it just seems like that's always um, – that's always the, the timing. And my God, nah, I don't want to watch the 3D. But I actually am glad that I watched the 3D because this is all CGI and so it lends itself – the environments lend themselves uh, pretty good to, to the 3D. So anyway, uh, actually on top of that, one thing I don't mention in my review uh, is the previews for in front of this movie. I understand this is a kid's movie and it's a Disney movie. Um, but this movie to me appeals to a very broad audience, not just kids uh, because of the director and because of the iconic story. Um, this is a dark PG rated movie. This is, Right on that line of PG to PG-13, uh, I would definitely – I would not be comfortable showing this to my – to either of my kids yet. Even my oldest one who's going to be six years old here in a couple of weeks, I don't – I wouldn't want to show it to him. But it's it's right there on that line. I mean it's, it's pretty violent. Um, 
you know, there's so many good movies coming out this this um, summer and this holiday season in November, December. And all we got for previews were a bunch of kitty crap. The only movie that I can remember being slightly amused at was the Angry Birds trailer. And that was the best of a bad lot. I, I, for, I don't know why, but I'm... I maybe maybe I'm way off base here, but I was surprised that we didn't get a Rogue One trailer, um, or better stuff. Oh, the stuff that that we oh it was awful. I mean, I was one of those times where I'm like I I I peed before the previews, and I wish that I would have to pee again so I could get out of the theater, so I wouldn't have to watch this crap because it's garbage. It looks horrible. Um, one was Kevin Spacey as I think a cat. Awful. Um. One was uh, um, Darwin, I think. Uh, it was a movie about Darwin on an eye on on the Galapagos Islands, I believe. Looked awful. Looked terrible. Yeah. So crappy previews for a great movie. There you go. Um, okay. So uh, one movie that I did not discuss on my own show that I think would fit just perfect um, on Underbelly and on this show is a movie that the Nightlight cinema is going to be getting and it's actually one that i uh the local theater here uh they got and i couldn't pass it up i couldn't pass up watching it uh early so uh, it is what it is but i'm excited that the nightlight cinema is getting this especially because we serve drinks and so you can drink during this movie and you should um is green room and uh this is from the director jeremy uh and he did Blue Ruin, which is a fantastic revenge drama from uh, a couple years back. Uh, this one stars um, Imogen Poots and uh, also stars Anton Yelchin, who happens to play Chekhov on the Star Trek movies. And uh, another actor who happens to be Jean-Luc Picard, Patrick Stewart, is in this as the villain. Premise is simple. A punk rock group goes to the shittiest bar that you will ever see in a movie uh, that is owned and operated and frequented by neo-Nazi skinheads. They witness a murder and are quarantined off in this complete shithole uh, as a master plan is laid out to wipe them all out and pretty much anybody that had anything to do with this murder. Patrick Stewart is the leader of the skinheads and the club, which you could call it a club. Um, and they go about uh, any means necessary to get rid of uh, this punk rock band. And no one is safe in this movie. I liked, uh, I liked that about the movie is no one is safe. It, at any moment, someone could get uh, butchered. And the elaborate – that's the, my one gripe with the movie is it's quite elaborately plotted for such a simple premise. Uh, they I, – I almost got lost at a couple instances where – they were kind of like the these neo Nazis were kind of mumbling to each other about what they're going to do, and okay, you go in here, and then there's there's some backstabbing here and there. I'm like, what? No, wait, what? But I think upon rewatching this movie, I'll I'll get some of the little pieces that didn't quite make sense. All you need to know is it's it's a survival horror movie with neo Nazis. Um, it isn't as good as uh, Frontiers. I will say that I love Frontiers. It's one of my favorite horror movies. It's not as good as that, but it has. Uh, a similar feel, whereas it's very downbeat, very, very violent and graphic, 
Uh, and one thing that adds to this movie, the, the downbeat nature of this movie is, uh, the music of the movie is, it's a punk rock band. And so there is this obscure punk rock music playing quite a bit. And sometimes the mic comes on and there's screeching and oh, it's just in it. And pit bulls are involved of trying to get these guys and girls and, ah, oh. but the violence is very realistic. It's very sudden and graphic and great. The movie is, the movie is a very good movie worthy of being seen in the theater. It is not for everybody. That is for sure. I have a feeling that there will be some walkouts on this movie strictly because of the violence and it is pushing that R rating. Let me tell you. Uh, so anyway, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Uh, I hope that it does good. I, this is from A24, same studio that, that released The Witch, which did really well in its release. This one here is not going to do near as well, probably because of the subject matter and, um, it, it, it's, it's not as unique as The Witch was. This is more of your basic survival, well-made survival horror, but it's still a great movie worthy of being seen. I highly recommend if you don't see it at uh, your local big Cinemaplex deal and you live around the Akron Canton area, please make sure to come up to Nightlight to check it out, have a drink. I would love to serve you a tasty beverage. Um, so that's Green Room. Um, uh, I think that should do it. Um, I've been watching a lot of other movies too. I want to kind of save those for when we actually do another uh, Movie Freaks podcast taping where we're actually talking to each other so that we can go back and forth on some of these instead of me just giving my my one-off reviews. And uh, and also, uh, because I have been watching so much Harry Potter, it has kind of dipped into my other movie-watching time and, and some of my other movie-watching time has been with the Hammer movies that I talked about already on Cinema Soft Underbelly. So there's that. Um, what else? Um, uh, let's see. The kids are quiet, which means dad is happy. That's a good thing. It has nothing to do with movie freaks, but meh, whatever. Um, I think that should do it. Um, sorry for the lack of jokes this episode, but that's kind of what happens when we're, we're split up and we, but Hey, life happens. And, and unfortunately for this week, it's going to have to be this way. But uh, don't worry, fear not, the movie freaks shall return, um, and the jokes will fly, and they'll crash and burn. Mostly, but there's going to be some real good gems in there, because all it takes is a bottle of whiskey and loud ice, and Eugene's on task. That's going to do it for my portion of Movie Freaks episode, I, we might be on episode 99. Um, and if so, that's another thing, if so, that means by episode 100... The big, uh, the big movie watching event is going to have to happen, which is I have to watch Cameron Crowe's Vanilla Sky, Ugh. and Eric is going to have to watch Eli Roth's uncut version. That's the only version he's allowed to watch uh, of Cabin Fever. So, yay! That's going to be coming up. Aren't you excited to hear that? That's going to do it for my portion. Take it away, Eric. Awesome. Well done, Eugene. Thank you for those uh, wonderful reviews. I'm very much looking forward to Green Room and Jungle Book. Uh, Harry Potter, not so much, but I'm sure you're going to make me sit through all of that again sometime. And uh, No, I'm not reading the books. <clears throat> I'm I, I suppose one day you'll force it on me, or maybe my kids will get into reading the books and then I'll be forced to, and 
once again, by proxy, you'll, you'll win and I'll have to come around on the Harry Potters, but today is not that day. Um, so yes, I wanted to touch on a couple of reviews that were worth talking about a little bit, but I not really worth spending a lot of time on when we do a regular show. So this is a perfect uh, venue for me to just revisit a couple of, of movies. Um, yeah, so as uh, <laughs> has been talked about many a time on this show, sick as a dog last week. I mean, super sick. 102 uh, fever, sitting on the couch under five, bl- literally four or five blankets and thermal friggin' PJ underwear, and still freezing my ass off. And this is in April, May, when it was uh, not that cold. So, yeah, one of the worst flus I've ever had in my entire life. And while my queue is populated with challenging cinema like uh, that I've been dying to see, like Shane Carruth's Upstream Color and uh, stuff like that, <clears throat> uh, yeah, not really in the mood for that kind of shit when uh, you're practically dying, <laughs> or at least feel like you are. Um, yeah, yeah, miserable, horrible flu. And from what I've heard from people uh, talking on the radio, it's gone around Northeast Ohio. It's not just me. A lot of people have had this very similar kind of high fever, uh, coughing, just horrible illness. Anyway, I'm sure you guys are all sick of hearing me bitch and moan about that. But uh, I just wanted to set the stage for the movies that I've been watching. You know, when you feel that horribly shitty, it's it's... It's time for the uh, what do you what, what do I want to call it? Um, I don't want to say paint by numbers, but the uh, blockbuster. It's blockbuster time. It, it's turn the check the brain at the door. I want light fare. I want James Bond blowing shit up. Uh, Ethan Hunt on some uh, plot that seems more complicated than it actually is. Just entertain my drooling, uh, sweating, freezing, sick ass. <clears throat> and so I basically revisited the uh, blockbusters from the last couple years. <laughs> um, and with varying degrees of results. So I just wanted to run down them real quick. Just for like uh, second, third viewing uh, thoughts on them. Uh, in no particular order. Um, yeah, Mission Impossible 5 Rogue Nation. Rewatched this one, and the first time I watched it was like, yeah, that was good, I really liked it, I didn't like it as much as the last couple Mission Impossibles, and pretty much my review stands on that one. Um, it's a good flick, it's fun time, um, but not quite as good as Part 3 and 4, I think. It was still totally entertaining, uh, totally watchable, very good. Mm, very good. Eh, good enough. On the other end of the spectrum, Spectre. Spectre. The last uh, James Bond movie. Uh, the first time I watched it in the theater, I quite enjoyed this movie. And I, I thought, uh, I had some people warn me that, you know, there's a lot of, uh, they bring back some of the comedy bits, they're doing more of that kind of Bond, and yada yada, so I was a little prepared for that. But I really enjoyed all those elements. Now that I've had time to digest it the second time around... The first half of this movie is great. It's it's wonderful. It's a totally 
excellent James Bond, or for Daniel Craig James Bond movie. The second half of this movie is really terrible. I mean, all those people that really hate Quantum of Solace, and I'm not one of them, I actually like that movie, even though it's kind of sloppy here and there. Uh, the second half of Spectre, I might say, is worse than the entirety of Quantum of Solace. It is really bad. I mean, just bad filmmaking. Just disjointed as all hell. He he just, Bond just kind of arrives at places and you're like, how did he get here? How, I mean, maybe I'm being nitpicky, but uh, especially for this kind of uh, candy-coated nonsense, but... He, he shows up at places, he asks one question of one person, I'm not even sure how he got there, and then that is the ultimate clue that leads him to the next place. And it's like, what the hell is going on? You are like the luckiest, worst spy ever. It just, the second half of that movie was a disaster, in my opinion. It was bad. It's I mean, it's still watchable, and most of these, uh, even the bad uh, Daniel Craig Bond is still better than most, but... It, I, I'd be happy with him hanging it up. Uh, you could tell he doesn't want to be there anymore, and it, that's fine. It's time to move on. Um, so Spectre, I, wow, a huge step down on rewatch. Um, I still like the all of the Daniel Craig arc. It's great. I'm glad they're all interconnected, but it just, whew, that was rough. That was a little hard to get through. Um, one that held up even better on rewatch, uh, Riddick. This would be uh, Riddick part uh, three or four, depending on how you want to count with the anime movie and blah, blah, blah. Uh, th- this would be... How did it go? Uh, Pitch Black, then Chronicles of Riddick. Was there another one there, or was this the next Riddick? I guess this was the ne- the anime was in there somewhere, and then Riddick. This one, now I've watched this one, I think it's about my third time watching it, and I really liked it this time. It it definitely rehashes a lot of what made Pitch Black so great, but it worked in spades for me this time around. When I was able to just kind of uh, forget about Pitch Black and all that jazz, uh, it was great. I, I it totally held up, and I really look forward to the next... Entry, I hope they do another one, and I hope it's a little more Chronicles of Riddick, that stuff with the, whatever, race, the dark people, it, but <clears throat> do, I like how they do kind of every other, and that's David Twoey. He he knows how to ride his audience, I guess, and it it just works in spades. Like, the first one's, it, it's kind of a standalone horror, you're trapped on this planet thing, and the next one's this big sci-fi epic thing with uh, all these different races of people, uh... And then the the third one, he goes back to the original formula where it's Riddick stuck on a planet, getting back to the bare bones. And I hope the next one they go big sci-fi thing again. That movie really worked. And for those of you that hate Chronicles of Riddick, I hope you gave a chance to the director's cut because it made all the difference in the world. The director's cut was ten times better than the theatrical. And give it another chance. That's a good, that's a good flick. It's a good series. I really enjoy it. Uh, next up on my rewatch list, Jurassic World. And I kind of am standing pat on uh, my thoughts on this one. I have about the same thoughts I did coming out of the theater. It's an okay, candy-coated uh, dinosaur adventure movie. Uh, it's It's rehashing a lot of the first movie and some of the sequels, but... It's kind of silly, and some of its plot is nonsense, but 
you just can't help but cheer when there's a friggin' dinosaur riding another dinosaur to fight a worse dinosaur. That stuff's all great, but the only the the seriously the biggest fault of this movie is that is is her running around in heels the whole time. My God, it's so distracting and terrible. Like nobody could do that. It's it's come on Hollywood, knock it off. Don't do that, Colin Trevorrow. Please don't put heels on anybody in your Star Wars movie. Please, for the love of God, I'm begging you. Nonsense. <sighs> Chris Pratt steals the show. Uh, obviously, as he kind of seems to in everything. He's uh, lovable. Indiana Jones, Brandon Fraser in The Mummy kind of guy where he's very rough around the edges and he's a man's man and blah, blah, blah. So he's very watchable. Little emo kids aside. Um, it's a fine movie. I mean, it, it, uh, the Jurassic Park movies have been full of problems from the beginning. The first one was fantastic until I read the book. And then after that, it was like, wow, you really could have done so much better and made it so much darker. Uh, the sequels have been hit or miss, mostly miss, uh, but still very watchable, even though, I, I mean, I would watch a bad Jurassic Park sequel, much like Star Wars. I watch a bad Star Wars sequel or Jurassic Park uh, rather than most sci-fi garbage that comes around these days. And being a sci-fi nut, I got to take what I can get. And this stuff's pretty watchable. Right? So Jurassic World, I'll, I'll give that one a... <clears throat> uh, thumbs up on the rewatch. I, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I'm not, like, head over heels in love with it or anything. Uh, and lastly, uh, Star Wars Episode Seven: Force Awakens I rewatched as well. And I still... that that I still not entirely sure how to feel about this movie. I've watched it twice now. I enjoy it. I dig it. it I, I, you know, I can't argue with the complaints that a lot of people have. It is very much a remake of episode four but on the other hand uh there's so many new elements they throw in there that are great uh the whole new young cast i was far more intrigued with them than i was with bringing back the old cast um the old cast did fine i guess but i was just ready for more of the young cast running around when i saw how old the old cast was <laughs> um there's still something in that movie that bugs the crap out of me, and I can't figure out quite what it is. Uh, it's on one hand, it's just light and frivolous, and hey, look, we're doing the old thing that you guys absolutely love, and here's Han Solo and Chewie and the Millennium Falcon. On the other hand, they're like, here's the young cast, and this shit is so dark that it's almost uncomfortable to watch with the stuff that happens with Kylo Ren and that whole storyline. It's like so hardcore dark that I can't believe anybody is bitching about the clouds in Batman v Superman because that movie, it's it's blisteringly dark. It's so hardcore. Um, and it's not necessarily a complaint. I don't even know what I'm complaining about. It. I, I like the movie. It just There are some elements in there that I'm like... I can't quite put my finger on why that bothers me yet. And like any Star Wars movie, I think I'm just going to have to watch it about three, four, five, seven, eighteen times, and then maybe I'll be able to figure it out, and I'll let you know later. Um, so yeah, that I, th there's a couple other things that I've watched that I want to talk about. 
<clears throat> but I kind of wanted to wait till I can talk to Eugene about them because I would I'm curious to see what he has to think about <laughs> my thoughts on some of the the weird things that I've been revisiting. None of this stuff though. I he would agree with all all of this, I'm sure. Uh, other than that, I watched a, a couple that I've reviewed on the Facebook page. Chuck Norris versus Communism. If you haven't seen that movie, go watch it immediately. It was one of the uh, best documentaries I've seen this year, or last year. I'm, I'm not sure what year it came out, but it's definitely going to be on some damn best of list that I'm going to make. Uh, and I rewatched Beowulf and Grendel. I also reviewed that on the Facebook page. Uh, please go check that out. Um, you can hear uh, read my thoughts on it on there. Uh, other than that, I, I have uh, plenty of other stuff that I've been watching, but like I said, I want to talk to Eugene about it because I have some weird takes and I want to know what he has to say about them. If he disagrees, agrees, we'll have to see. At, at any rate, might con might uh, convince him to go look at those movies again. Like E.T. Wow. Haven't watched that one in 20 years. That's a weird movie. Really freaking weird. <laughs> Uh, what else? Uh, I th I think that's gonna be it. I'm gonna wrap it up for this episode. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to have, make it a short episode, um, but at least we have something to fill in for the week. And next week we will be at, be back with episode 100, where we're gonna be tearing up our roulettes and Vanilla Sky and Cabin Fever. Oh God, we're gonna watch those movies again. I, I it, it might be 101 till we actually re review them, but we'll see. Um, at any rate. That's going to be it for this episode. As always, Movie Freaks Pod is your keyword. You can get a hold of us at yahoo.com for mail, on the facebook.com, and at Twitter, at Movie Freaks Pod. So please come visit us, drop us a line, let me know if you disagree with me. What do you, what do you guys think about the last year's spy movies, Rogue Nation and Spectre? Where do you come out on those? Have you rewatched them? Watch them again. Let me, tell, uh, let me know what your second opinion is on those movies interested to see if they line up with mine at any rate we will be back next week with a full-on episode and i uh thank everybody for listening we'll see you next week i'm eric corner bye thanks for listening